Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide. My voice is a little shot today, so I can't really get that high note that I usually do. But today on the phone, got a couple things going on, but I got a, I got a guy on the phone. Uh, some of you guys probably saw it, heard of it a couple years ago. What, two years ago, I think it was. We had the Antifa BLM riots and stuff across the country. What was it, like seven months of violence and there was a video that went around out of Seattle when they were doing the big attacks and they were going against the courthouses, the police departments. Well, some of you may have remembered when they attacked a police car and some of those Antifa guys got in there and got a patrol rifle out of the vehicle. And then a guy comes running over and grabs it out of him and he got the name Weapon Snatcher because he snatched it from those dudes. Well, on the phone, I have John Ruge, the weapon snatcher with me. John, how you doing, man? Glad to have you on the Everyday Sniper. I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> that was a long, convoluted <laughs> intro. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck with it. You're, no you, you're, you're the guy, man. <laughs> you're, that guy, you're that guy now. So real quick, you and I met, uh, was it last year or the year before? Uh, I think it Shit, I think it might have been the end of the year before. Yeah, so we met at a CR2 class down in Texas. Um, John got in with uh, Robertson Rance there, met them. And then when we were down doing a kind of combo class, uh, we all got together and we were talking. So, uh, you know, for the last year and a half or so, uh, we, we've been going back and forth in uh, well, just kind of give a little bit of your background coming out of the Marine Corps, and then I'll kind of go into where we wanted to go. But go talk about yourself for a minute there, uh, John. Uh, the worst question ever. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. so <laughs> <laughs> just like you, I was in the Marine Corps. A uh, little bit of time separation there. The uh, Got in the Marine Corps. I was an uh, infantryman stationed on Hawaii. Um, this was back in 2013 and I got out in 2017. Um, I did uh, some instruction courses while I was in the Marine Corps and I taught marksmanship classes for my last part of time in there, um, which was probably honestly the most valuable time I had in the Marine Corps. So that's what I've used since I've gotten out. Um, and it was the most fun. But then I went into some contracting overseas, Kuwait, Afghanistan, and Iraq. Then uh, after that, I finished my time in Iraq and came home, and that's when COVID happened. The uh, My time in Afghanistan and uh, Kuwait was security, and then the time in Iraq was as an instructor as well. Um, but yeah, I come home in January 2020, and COVID hits, and stuff like that. And I started getting into the private security side and executive protection out in the uh, Seattle metro area in Washington state. And yeah, that's when the whole Seattle thing popped off and uh, took two of those rifles from them. And it obviously it went viral and got caught on the, uh, the news. And I was actually just a couple of days before that incident, I was talking to some friends that are already in the industry. I was like, Hey, I think I'm gonna start a business and this is kind of what I'm going to do. And then the next few days later, they're messaging me saying, what the F dude, why are you all over the news? Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's it funny kinda, how that works. <laughs> yeah. It kind of worked out to my benefit. And I was like, you know, I got to make a smart move here. Infantryman, you see an advantage, you got to press it. So, uh, press that advantage and started building a business off of it. And, uh, started doing instruction one-on-one so I could try to proof my, the curriculum I'd come up with. And obviously every single curriculum, every class gets developed and changed and altered and you learn more as well. Um, 
And then I started doing bigger classes, uh, teach pistol class, rifle, and a scope rifle course. Um, and yeah, continued education is what, you know, Chris Robertson Rance brought me out of CR2 and uh, continue that in my own education. And that's where I met you guys. And, yeah. yeah now, you one were, of the things I like to do most. Not to get too crazy, but we got a little time. Um, you, you were working for a news crew, right? When you were in Seattle, you were like private security for a camera crew? Yeah, so the the news company had contracted a security company to uh, protect the news crew um, because Seattle's really well known for riots even before the 2021s. Um, actually, if you look back into the history of Seattle and their riots, they have actually the largest uh, police force that specializes in riot control in the country. Um which is kind of funny because they definitely needed it. But yeah, I was working for that news crew. It was a cameraman and then a, uh, the reporter. We got, she wanted to be right, the reporter wanted to be right in the middle of everything. And that's where we went. Nice, nice. It, it, it looked like, I mean, from, from people who saw it on TV or something, it looked like it was just chaos, man. Like people just running, doing whatever the fuck they wanted. And it, it, yeah, it, man, it's, it, it was just control, but, you know. The best way to put it is like if you think of a hurricane, right? The eye of it. That what you see in that video was the eye of it. It was actually less crowded than everywhere else around it for blocks. Um, but that was because you had vehicles on fire, you had uh, rounds in those vehicles popping off, you had a bunch of people doing crazy shit. The Nordstroms, which was if you watch that video, it's the side of the street that those vehicles are on was being looted, everything being taken out of there. Yeah, it was, it was bananas. It was akin to something you'd see in a third world country during a coup or a video game or movie. Yeah, <laughs> really like was it Grand Theft Auto? It. You were totally living Grand Theft Auto in real life. Yeah. And, and is it, I mean, are they just so ridiculous? I mean, what it looks like on TV, because I didn't go, you know, wander into a riot like you did that way or those political riots at the time. I mean, it does look like a kind of a grand theft auto thing where they just cruise down the road. And if you're not them, you're a target. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I mean, I had people screaming to me that I was a Nazi and uh, all this kind of stuff and that I was a skinhead racist because I had guns on me and I'm bald with a beard. But then there were people that yelled back at them, clarifying the situation. And then they started yelling back at me. Sorry, I didn't know. And all this stuff like they immediately assume what you are. And it's funny because when you look at the politics of it, just it's not left, right or whatever, but their side is the one that's supposed to be all encompassing coexist and all that. And I'm like, you guys are the most exclusive people out here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we see that for sure. They're the hypocrites on every level of it. I mean, honestly, we just can't escape the politics, which sucks. And, and, no. and that they've turned it into an everyday part of our life when really we should just think about it like every four years when we have to vote. You know, and inst yeah. instead now it's like an everyday part of our life and you can't get around it. But um, okay. no, good on you for doing that and, and what you did. So you and I start talking and, you know, you got a handgun carbine focus mostly, but you do jump into the, the scoped rifles and stuff. And, I, you know, from the precision rifle side of the world, like if you look at precision rifle competition, what's going on in that world right now? we don't do handgun anymore. I mean, we, we used to the competitions and the stuff like at rifles only I did down in Texas and all that. And, and back in the day, 
Handgun used to be a big component of precision rifle comp. You'd either fight from your handgun to your rifle or mix it up in between, or maybe there'd be a dedicated handgun stage with some other elements thrown in. And we always try to say, well, you know, because we're out of rifles only, we're teaching the military guys. You, everybody's carrying a handgun. So you're teaching that sidearm component to it. Well, you fast forward and PRS kicks in. Well, they had a, they had an accident at an event. And early on, like the second or third year, it was really quick that they they were doing handgun. And a guy, they, instead of like, we always did like a low ready or something when you're on the clock. If you're going to draw your handgun that way, we always had it pre-drawn, you know. Well, they decided to draw on the clock and do a bunch of stuff. And a you guy shows up with a Serpa and grazes himself in the leg. And I mean, <laughs> and it was literally just a graze, but it, he got shot on a range during a match. Yeah, technically he's still shot. Yep, he shot. And and so that's what killed handgun. People may not realize it happened in Florida down at K&M like the second year, uh, first or second. And I remember I was there and um, it shut it. It shut handgun down. So I've always been a proponent and, and even just recently, I kind of broke out my handgun. I got one of the new SIGs, the Marine Corps ones was the M18. Yeah, uh, like yeah. that. Like it's a nice pistol. So I'm playing with that again and I'm trying to kind of rework my pistol. Well, fast forward again, you and I talking a little bit and I'm talking with Chris out here and we're setting up my range. Well, every day he would break out like a carry gun and drop a couple rounds on a plate. So I'm like, okay, let me bring my carry gun and start dropping rounds on plates. Let me do this and start. And and now I'm I'm kind of getting back into the swing. And this is the same time you and I are having these conversations. And it's like, why not do a bolt gun, handgun class combination? You focus on handgun. We'll do some carbine if they bring that or if they're going to gasser because gassers are fine in this. And we'll just work that together again. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and let people revisit that handgun combo, you know, so we can do some combined stages. And just, we'll work those guys' fundamentals. We'll run them through some drills. We'll use the range to its maximum capability while giving guys the ability to hone, tune up, and take a look at their handgun at the same time. I think, and yeah, when we were having these talks, uh, I think it's a great idea because I think, well, just to give a little context, I was at an event recently and uh, I'm not going to say where, but it was, there was a guy on a long gun and he was rushing from target to target so fast. And I'm sitting right next to him videoing and I caught him on an ND, like clear as day. The guy knew it too, but he just continued on someone behind him. I even have it on camera said, Oh, that's an ND. Like he, didn't have the control that he needed as a shooter to operate at the pace that he was trying to push himself. And my thing is a lot of times, like with a pistol, especially in my opinion, and people can correct me if they think I'm wrong, I won't care, but <laughs> you learn a lot of control with your firearms from pistol simply because it is so small that muzzle will wave everywhere and you hardly have to do anything. 
you learn trigger discipline more from pistol than anything because it can get caught on everything. A long gun is, is a lot harder to flag someone unintentionally simply because it is more unwieldy. Yeah, I mean, now, unless you're suitcasing it and walking into a crowd. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. But then it's like another aspect of it is I have learned more about trigger control for my precision shooting, whether bolt or gas gun, from pistol than anything else. Because it is highlighted so much so fast in that short sight radius at three yards. And that means, one, the cost of my training for precision rifles now way down. Two, I can isolate everything even more. And the level of control you need to have for pistol shooting in your hands is far more than carbine rifle or long guns because it is so small. Every single pad of your finger, every different little muscle in your hand is a proper or improper induction of movement on a gun because it's so small. You don't have that issue with say a 20 pound comp gun where it can, you can do several different things to it wrong and it's not going to move just because of the weight itself. Right. Right. And, and, and that's and, the key. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, I was just going to say, and that translates directly into trigger. I mean, the trigger control alone you need on a pistol. I, I Through all the classes I've taught, I, a lot of times I started going on a three-yard line, and I'll demonstrate, hey, this is what we're going to do, and I'll demonstrate proper and improper movement of, uh, on the trigger. But that's also a little caveat. That's subjective to the person and the shooter because everyone's hands are different. But at three yards, all it takes for – me, I'll talk about myself, to miss an inch and a half to the left is the bone inside my finger to push one way, but the skin doesn't even move in contact with the trigger. It's the same, the same place, but the bone inside my finger just pushed a little too much to the left. Yeah. And that's an inch and a half, three yards. Well, and that's so what I do. That. That's me. Yeah, exactly. Well, so you just got to. You, there's a couple different things you can do to fix it, whether it be with your support hand or the thought process you have in how you move your um, finger to the rear. But all that directly translates to every single system you have. Because what do you have on a long gun? You have on a pistol, trigger, carving, trigger. <laughs> and I noticed, because like I said, down the rifles only days, because we were doing the three weeks on, one off, and we had the military guys, and they're all handgunned out. So once you put your kit on and your handgun's there, you're always kind of pulling it and shooting something or doing something on the range. And so you're, my handgun never got stale at rifles only, and I learned a ton with it through different instructors and different things and classes that I had taken over the years. And But then... You know, in the last bunch of years, it's all precision rifle, precision rifle, precision rifle. And I've had yeah. the handguns here. And, and like the only beauty of it for me now today, which kind of brings me back to a refocus on handgun, is our local Pawnee matchup here. Our local match actually includes handgun again. So we're back to shooting some handgun with our local match, which is great. I mean, even two stages out of an eight or ten stage local match two stages with your handgun is enough to keep you sharp or yeah. functioning. I, functioning is probably a better word. And I yeah, do notice. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, I do notice like everybody says this stuff is a perishable skill and that while I'm, you know, when I pick it back up, it takes me that minute to knock those cobwebs out. Yeah. And, but so I, 
I'm growing up, I've always heard that it's a perishable skill, perishable skill. And the first time it sunk in is when I hadn't shot for like six months. And then I had to do a qual right away. I was like, yep, well, that makes sense. But then I started asking myself, what part of it perishes first? It's trigger control. Trigger control is the finest uh, movement that we have when we're shooting our guns, regardless of the system. And that trigger control is the first thing that perishes. So even if you just get your gun in your hand uh, once a day, cleared and unloaded, conditioned for, and you get a good grip so your hands are familiar with it, like your phone, like as, as familiar as your phone, and then you press that trigger a few times, as long as you can keep that feeling in your hands, you'll be X amount better than someone who's just not picking it up at all. But that trigger control is huge. And then if you can keep up on that skill with just a pistol, which a lot of precision rifle guys, they carry, they carry concealed with a pistol, but they're just never shooting it. Well, if they can just mess around with that pistol every day, you know, safely and keep their hands used to that, they're going to be even better on our long gun because they're keeping that level of control in their hands. Yeah, for sure. And and that's where like, I'm an anticipation guy. A lot of times when I first start, it takes me a minute to get that out. So I'm a low left dude. And it's like, oh my God, I need to fix this stuff when I walk away <laughs> from it. And then it, it, it's, like I said, it's not hard for me to get back into the swing. It's just, you have to do it. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's just, you know, <laughs> that's literally all it is. It's, that's, you just got to do it. Like, there's no trick. There's no secret. I always tell people there's no tips and tricks and it. it's all built within the fundamentals. However you digest those or however those are put forth to you, they're all built in there. Um, the, but the, I've had people tell me if you learn pistol, it'll translate to every other platform. But if you learn all the other platforms, none of it translates to pistol. And I'm like, well, you're not either being creative enough or you're not seeing all the overlapping things. Being a well-rounded shooter is so important to every single discipline because if you're not say if you're a pistol carbine shooter you're not doing long gun you're missing out on a lot you're not learning a lot and you never will unless you pick up that long gun and get into it a little bit like i was thinking about this the other day if you pay attention to three gun pistol carbine and shotgun and how they move and you apply the level of precision of their movements to a precision rifle match you're going to be better if you apply the level of side picture, side alignment, and trigger control in a precision rifle match to a three gun or USPSA, you're going to be better. The, uh, the only like, problem is, is they took movement out of precision rifle. They, uh, they, they okay. just, you, you just basically take three steps up to a prop now, drop your rifle on whatever prop they gave you. So you don't have to like scurry when I was doing it, where we used to make the guy scurry. You know, there would be a five-yard run to here, and then another five-yard run to here, maybe an eight-yard run over there, and then finish off with another five-yard scurry. And those were your those were your targets. You know, you're scurrying to this one, then running to that one, then going over to that one. Well, now they just move up to that single prop, and then they kind of move around the clock dial of that one prop. Uh, so that actually makes sense. So I've done... I've shot a lot of precision rifle, but I've only ever done one competition. It's just mainly come down to time, you know, time to go do it. And during that comp that we did, it was, it was how you're describing like around the clock of that. Um, well, the prop. Yeah. Whatever. Stage. Yeah. 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 And, and they've run out of room. They don't want to kind of clout cluster people in. So they basically just move them three yards forward in a straight line to whatever they're shooting off of. 
and then whether or not there's any kind of lateral to another piece of prop or they're just using that multiple points on a single prop. So you're producing a lower caliber shooter and not giving them an opportunity to achieve. Yeah, well, they, they, but they hit little <laughs> targets, you know, they don't have to move and they have heavy, you know, they have a bench rest rifle on a, on a barricade with a flat bottom, but they hit smaller uh, targets now because they, they're not out of breath anymore. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny. I put out a post recently. It was, uh, so I don't know if you've noticed, but now there's a large push and it's because of certain people on social media, there's a large push, uh, for long range stuff. And I absolutely agree. Like it's definitely a thing that's needed, but on the juxtaposed to that, it does make me chuckle because I do pistol carbine and, and long guns. And I've been, uh, I've been told by marketing people before that I need to focus on one and be known for that. So I'll be more successful. And I'm like, I would be less successful of a shooter. And that's what I'm uh, paying attention to. But now there's this huge push for long range stuff. So I put out a post. It was uh, essentially, if you want to get into long range, but you don't have a budget or you don't have any money to get into it, but you have a 16 inch 5.56 with an LPVO, here's a few simple upgrades. And here are the things you can learn about long range from shooting it. It'll go to 100 yards, do a lot of 100 yard work. And you can do a lot of that 100 yard work and learn the ballistics, pay attention to your ballistic solvers pay attention to your position and get all of that stuff locked on. And then when you do get the opportunity to get something bigger or get to farther distance, you're going to be a hundred times better than the person who didn't. Yeah. Well, it's the rifle and, craft stuff that uh, it's the craft drills at a hundred where you're working those fundamentals and get it. Exactly. And then, you know, one of the things we saw and I've been doing it like guys bring gas guns in and, and maybe it's a, maybe it's a JP, you know, LRP six, five Creed. And they bring them to our classes. And one of the things that I notice, and this is probably where going to be, you'll work a lot, is that the guys don't have the manual of arms. They don't have that familiarity yeah. with their systems, especially the gas guns, to manipulate them right. Yeah, that's common. Yeah, I've had people come out to my scope rifle courses. Um and the majority of people that come out to my scope rifle course are bringing gas guns, which is, I mean, if you want to look at it like left, right, or middle, that's perfect. That that'll fit everything you need to do. And a lot of it comes down to the, yeah, the manual of arms and the mechanics of how to move in and around with that gun. So like when I teach my courses, I, for one, I don't do them on a, like at, how you say like public rangers or indoor ranger or anything like that, because it's not a good learning environment for people. They're too scared. They're too scared of pissing someone off, of getting in trouble or breaking a rule stuff like that. And my point of view that I take is if out in life, whatever your life entails, there is no clear downrange area. So if you don't know how to move in and around people with a firearm, you're already failing yourself. So that's what we're going to practice here as well. And that's why that's another reason why I keep my classes to a smaller size is because I want everyone to get that attention they deserve, but it's also a safety thing. And because a lot of people will come out, it might be their first or second time shooting. It might be their first time with an AR. And so now we need to build them up like, Hey, this is what this can do. This is what this is called. And this is how we're going to handle it and take care of it so that they can have the opportunity in an environment that I'm going to say that's a safe space yeah. <laughs> so, so that they can learn and develop 
instead of be scared of what rule they're breaking. And obviously, like, and that's not, I'm not talking about weapon safety rules, I'm talking about like, oh, don't point past this way, don't point past that way. Don't take, you have to take your gun out of the case, facing down range, set it down, and then you can't, like, none of that crap. Well, and, and it's, uh, it is that, it's that, um, it's, we're, cause we're not doing whiz bang. But we want you to be safe and competent with that system where if you walk into a situation, you're comfortable with it. You may not have to be light the world on fire and I'm going to John Wick this place. But at the same time, you want to be comfortable and competent with it where you know you're going to get home at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's uh, one thing. One part of my weapon safety class, which it go, I go really deep into five weapon safety rules, but I take a different take on them. But one, one of my explanations for one of them is like, you can tell, like, I'll ask someone, Hey, what is your line of work? You know, whatever, like, Oh, you're a welder. Can you look at a new welder and tell how good they are or look at a welder and tell if they're new or not? Well, yeah, obviously. Well, it's cause you've been doing it for a long time. It's the same thing with firearms. If you're out and about and you in a situation happens and you see guy on the left he looks like he knows what he's doing versus guy on the right doesn't. Who do you have more confidence in? Guy on the left. Which guy would you rather be? Guy on the left every time. Like, so you need to have the opportunity to develop that. And that comes from doing it, being in that environment and, you know, being confident in it. But it also comes down in I, a lot about self-actualization. Like you need to recognize who and what you are in the situation you're in and where your fault may or may not be. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's self-aware, right? Know, yeah. know your surroundings, head on a swivel, do all those things and be self-aware and don't like stumble into these situations and be startled and kind of, you know, all thumbs and crazy. So if you can give somebody that confidence with that system where, hey, I'm going to go walk into that and I'm okay with it, where another person yeah. might go, oh my God, there's a crowd. Yeah. And a lot of all that ties back to one thing. And it's actually, I think it's a conversation we should be having more in the firearms community. And it comes down to emotional intelligence. Nice. If you're not paying attention to your own emotional state, whether you got something going on in your life that's stressing you, or maybe you're too relaxed, (laughs) maybe you're not stressed enough and you're not paying attention to what's around you. Um, like you'll see a lot of guys, I know you've seen it too, is, oh, the, the gun's fucked up. The gun, something's wrong with the gun. It's not me. It's like, well, now, now ego and pride are taking over. You're getting <laughs> a little upset because you're not doing well and you're not recognizing that in the moment. And a lot, there's been quite a few times that I'll be like, hey, whatever shooter, this is what I see is going on. How about you holster a weapon or, you know, clear out, go hang out for 10 or 15 minutes. Just watch, chill out. Like if you're a little nervous, if we're if we're moving too fast for you, take take a little break. Let's get recentered, breathe, watch, pay attention, get reacquainted, and then we'll have you jump back in here. And I have every time I've done that, 100 percent of the time, they've come back ready to go. And at the end of the course, you're like, that was excellent. Thank you. I'm like, you have to recognize what state you're in. Because if you don't recognize your own state of emotions and you're shooting, how are you going to pay attention to when you miss and what correction you need? It's the same skill. Yeah. If you miss and you don't know why, if I'm angry and I don't know why, how can I correct it? Well, that's just it. You get that. Um, It's the, it's the, the sharks, the eyes that roll in back of their head. You got to get angry and, and you're not seeing anymore. Yeah. Right. You know, and so you're no longer looking at what's going on. You're reacting 
and and you're not acknowledging that view that's taken. So if you can take somebody out, clear them up a little bit, and and then bring them back into awareness, it they're they're safer and they're more effective. Well, absolutely, and they're going to remember that more. It's going to be more poignant to them than anything else in that course, uh, because that emotion, like emotion runs us all right. It's deeper than anything. They're going to remember that and take that on further with them. Unfortunately than anything else, because like, what, whatever the percentage is like students only retain like what 30% of whatever class they go to. Yeah. It's the 80, uh, 40, 20. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, if you can tie that to a healthy emotion, they're going to take that and just ride with it and it's to be successful. And, uh, so it's, it's not necessarily about like stoicism or not feeling anything. It's like, no, just recognizing what you're feeling and just like recognizing what you're seeing. If I saw that wind go right or that round go right. And I felt that wind, I need to recognize that it was the wind <laughs> instead of just shooting. Oh, but I dialed that last time and I hit, well, it's a different day. Well, and I- I kind of see sort of the handgun and carbine world falls back into the coach mode because usually, like, not always, some classes are big, and, and by the time the guy trickles down to you, he sees maybe a magazine out of, out of what you're doing. But to me, it's more coaching. You're coaching that guy, coaching him through where the rifle stuff tends to be more guided tour. hey, go shoot that target over there. Because now you're pointing, you know, because it's far away and it's like, well, here's my range and where's your targets? Well, there's a target over there. Go shoot that one. There's a target over there. We're in a carbine and handgun. It's all right in front of you. You know, like you're saying from that three to 25 yards. So there's none of that side of it, but then it becomes into more coaching because you're in a tighter space. Uh, Yeah. When you said guided, as far as a long gun stuff, it made me think of like compared to like a what is it? A box hunt versus a yes, guided hunt? Yes. Like a, like a canned uh, yeah. hunt versus canned a, hunt. That's the term I was looking for. Yeah. Yes. And, and yeah, it's, that's very true. Yeah. And a lot of times, like I've, I like to attend a lot of courses, um, honestly to learn more, but I am also, I also pay attention to the instructors like crazy because one thing I've noticed is the instructor and who they are, it just bleeds out into how they talk and how they teach and everything. And it's very important. It's very important in how you present yourself. So if you have someone who's paying more attention to themselves than they are their shooters. And I mean, in that, like whenever they have to say something, they have to get everyone in it. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. But also you want to pay attention to the, what that individual shooter is. So I had, I've trained a lot of married couples. I do one-on-one classes and a lot of times I'll get emails. Hey, can me and my wife or whatever come out? And it's like, yeah, absolutely. And the majority of the time I end up splitting them up on the range. Like you're going to go on this end. You're going to go on this end. Cause a lot of relationship uh, dynamics just don't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to pay attention to what state they're in and try to help guide them through that. But the thing that drives me nuts the most is when there's obviously someone doing the same error over and over and over again, thinking it's right. And the instructor's not addressing it and it's, they see it, but they're not doing it, whether it be out of laziness or any other thing. Like I don't care if it's a precision rifle three course, like an advanced course. And he is way fucked up. His stock screwed his, 
scopes too far forward, whatever, and you're not addressing it, even though it's precision one stuff, that's a problem on the instructor. It drives me bananas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they, they, if they didn't know it was wrong, they probably wouldn't be doing it. And they're there to do, to do what's right. Um, so the precision rifle stuff being, like you said, guided. Well, if you remember at the CR2 class, like the last day, what did I want to do? I was like, I just wanted you to spot and I wanted to work on uh, milling, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I was just like, I don't need you to do anything. I just I just want to practice this milling. I just want to spot my impact real quick. Um, but I think the distance of the shots tend to relate to how much help you need to give a shooter. Yes. Depending on that shooter's level. Um, and I don't like that because at three yards, someone could need a lot of help, like a lot of help. I've trained to do with uh, Parkinson's. Like he needed a lot of help. <laughs> <laughs> he was sketchy when he was putting his holster, his pistol back in his holster. Well, and, to and, me, it doesn't matter to platform. And um, just to kind of, since we're, cruising in here but june 23rd to the 25th in colorado fort morgan colorado we're going to do the class june 23rd to the 25th it'll be a three-day class thousand dollars for all that uh that we're going to do so um one of the nice things is we're looking at this sort of the analytics that it's not going to be a high stretch situation it's not going to be a case of we're going to like walk you through and be able to do this and have that flexibility. I mean, we're, we're, we're analyzing each student. That's why we're calling it the analytics there. And we're going to be able to kind of play with it and tailor it because the range has the ability to push us out so far. I mean, we can go as far as we really want to shoot from in that way, but we have the wide fans. We have the big wins out there. And we've added so many targets and props and different things that we've added on it. So we'll be able to kind of keep it loose and light with people and yet give them what they want without having to say, you're going to do ABC exactly like this. Because to me, I'm seeing where (laughs) day three is where I want to kind of, in my mind, day three is where we clean things up, where we sample the students and say, where can we work? What do we need to fill in for you? What are we doing? My program is one and two. And then day three, it's putting all that stuff together and then focusing on the individual. You know, what does the group want beyond our drills? What, where do you, after you've been doing this for two days, where do you see you need, you want to put focus and work? And if we had three different things where somebody said, I want to do this, this, and this, we can accommodate that. And that's the beauty yeah. of that range is that we can work long, short, and in the middle without interfering with anybody. Which is excellent because if you want to go back to that, what is that, 80, 40, 20 rule? Everyone's numbers are going to be different in different places. So you got to identify that. I do a portion of my class is called, uh, I'll give them a dessert. Like, you know, or, well, that's what I used to call it. Now a buddy has me calling and I'll give you a happy ending. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> nice. It's like 15 to 20 minutes of time, like, 
as shooters, what do you guys want to work on? Like, if even if it's outside of this course curriculum, what questions do you want to go over something again? Do you want extra work here? Like, whatever it is. If you didn't get what you thought you were going to get, let's address that. Or if you want something that's like from a, a different curriculum, let's do a little bit of that, like anything. Um, and a, a lot of people are like, actually, I really like what we're doing. Can we keep doing that? Typically that, or can we move and shoot? Because a lot of people like to do that. Yeah. But I, I like but to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. I like uh I think the third day, like I look at it as like the first two days. We're setting you up for the third day. Like Yes. We're we're gonna get you successful so you can knock all this out. So you don't need us. Exactly. there's the props, yeah. there's the things, there's the targets. Go. you're not seeing what you want, call us over, let's play with it, let's talk about it, let's go look at it. Yeah. And and that's the beauty of setting the ranges up that way. Where and, and then it'll be minor movements too. We won't have to move around. The days will be really easy. And so I, I think it's going to be a, a good deal. And that's why we're pushing the Fort Morgan classes more. We're going to be knocking out some more stuff uh, between uh, myself and Mark with our fundamentals or myself and Chris Way with the rifle craft. And now bringing in the, um, you know, this uh, precision analytics with you to add in a layer of uh, handgun. And if guys want to show up with carbine, we can accommodate both, you know? Absolutely. And actually the thing, <laughs> to be honest, the th- one of the things I'm looking forward to most is learning from you. Like you've been doing this a lot longer than me. I consider myself, even though I've been doing this for X amount of time, I consider myself new to it as far as uh, doing it on my own. I've been doing it the last two and a half years. I'm excited to get out there and just, bird dog off of you and soak up that information yeah i mean and that's always uh, fun having somebody there and doing that yeah this i'm looking looking forward to it a lot i mean i haven't spent a lot of time out there in colorado either i haven't shot out there um so that's going to be a new environment for me and the way i look at it is like if you remember duck hunter mm-hmm. the old whole school hunting games you can choose your map yeah, like yep. shooting in different areas, right? So you can learn different things. And, and we might um, get lucky. We, uh, if if we, we might get a wind day where we'll actually have windage with your handgun. <laughs> I, no, I don't want to brag, but I probably do this too much. I've hit 500 yards with Glock. Yeah, nice. <laughs> we could do that. <laughs> yeah. I had to use a spotting scope and a lot of elevation, but i'm always down to waste of nine mil on that because it's worth it yeah totally totally <laughs> um, but now that'll be the beauty in 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 the other nice thing is if you're gonna come you know you, you got your handgun well if you show up with a carbine that's no problem if you show up with a bolt gun that's no problem and we're gonna mix it so it's there's very few limits on what we're looking to do with this class yeah, the, the only limits, if I remember right, we put on it is lowest caliber being a 50, uh, 5.56, uh, 69 grain and above. Obviously, um, no steel core or AP or anything like that, but preferably match rounds would be better for it. Because um, we can the, get you out with a 5. I've, I've taken 16-inch 5.56 beyond 1,000 on my range, but we to be realistic, we can do... A, like a 69, 77 grain, 5.56, and especially if it's like an 18-incher, we could do 800 yeah. with you all day. So guys out oh, there, yeah. you know what I mean? And a, a, a match round yeah. with an 18-inch uh, gas gun, and we can push you out to 800, and we'll even push you out farther, but you'll be effective to 800. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Now I'll be taking my 18-inch out with uh, 77 grains yeah. to do exactly that. I've had people with... Uh, 
primary arms one to six second focal planes 16 inch barrels and a 55 grain and spotted their impact with my drone at a thousand i couldn't see the movement at that angle with a spotty scope so i put it at an angle with the drone and you can do it and then you start looking at the foot pounds of energy at that target uh one of the concepts of one of the classes i teach is we're going to push this to its left and right lateral limit and you as a shooter so you know what you're capable of with this platform if you ever need this for whatever you're doing and, and you yeah. can make your decisions based off that exactly push it out far look at what those ballistics are doing and then say okay with this particular rifle and this combo i'm good to hear you know and then i can operate within this uh, effectively and and you'll be able to play with that and know it so i i think it'll be a good deal and uh, like I said, we're going to put all this stuff is going to be on sniper side on the website in the training sections. I got uh, the post already built. Um, John's got his stuff on his weapon snatcher site. You can see it there as well. If, if you want to go over um, to his website, it works either way. You can look at it uh, at the weapon snatcher site or you can work, look at it at sniper side. Uh, going to be in June and, and we'll put everybody together. I think it'll be a good time for everybody to be had. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just when you guys go to my site, to, if you go there to purchase, the uh, the link will take you to Sniper's Hide to purchase. So it's all in one place and streamlines it for us. Yeah, I have uh, a I have a payment portal for the classes. It's precisionrifletraining.net. So those guys will go to that payment portal uh, for that. And it's, it's pretty simplistic for them to do it. One click pay. It's either I do either like a two day class or a three day class. So you're buying a three day class. They're all the same. You buy a three-day class. It's not specific to this class. It's just I'm getting a three-day class, and we know where you're going usually, or you could tell us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a I'm super stoked to get after you. I've been us been talking the last a year, year and a half about this. It's been something that's been on my mind to develop and get out there and do, um, and just being exposed to different caliber shooters and instructing as well as a different training ground and instructor development for me. Cause I'll, every class I go to, whether I'm teaching or uh, there to learn is I look at it as instructor and development and something like this, where we're taking guys who are usually on long guns and bringing them back to pistol, or maybe guys who are confident on pistol and now they're being introduced to long guns. And that's what I think is genius about bringing this, the calibers down to five, five, six is that opens up the door for a lot of guys that are like, well, I want to learn long range, but I don't have anything long range. Well, there's a lot to it that you can still learn. And I have rental stuff. Yeah, I haven't mentioned this at all, but I, I put together because Mark and I and everybody doing the classes down here and, and then with the, I have rental things. If somebody wants to, hey, I, I want a bolt gun or I want to shoot a bolt gun or I want to do this or want to do that. I have several different 308s, 6.5s, and things like that, that if you just go get your ammo at mile high and then you can use our rifle. So if there is a guy out there who wants to learn long gun, has carbine and handgun and wants to show up with that, well, we can always roll him into some bolt gun as well. And it's super easy. You know, uh, mile high is right here to pick up ammo. They always have ammo. And um, you can come in and just borrow a gun and, and use it and, and then get some experience that way. So if somebody's interested in renting a system just let us know and we can put you into something and i have a ton of stuff here uh we like i said i basically just 
specked out five, six rifles that I could use as loaners over the year um, for people so that they have access to something they might not might not want to be investing in up front. You know, try it, see how you like it, and then go spend the money. Well, that's Kaylin, Kaylin Wojcik over at Modern Day Sniper. He did that for me when I took his course. Um, I was like, hey, I don't, I don't have anything for this. He's like, no worries, we'll take care of you. And uh, all I had to do is purchase the ammo, and I got to use one of their rifles. And I, got, I was introduced to a different company scope than I've used before, um, different stock. It was my first time really shooting a lot of 6.5, and I think it was three, four days or whatever the course length was. Um, so I got to say, like, because I know some people get hung up, oh, I don't want to use a loaner, I don't want to do stuff like that. Like, it's actually a really cool thing to do. Um, if I don't want to travel with a firearm and they have loaners, I would not mind using a loaner because now I get to inter- introduce into more and I get to learn more than what I already have. And try something like you can, people can ask. I mean, I have like, a, you know, an AI Mark three or something, or I got the Ashberries or, you know, different things. And they, hey, I want to try this combo. Okay, I got that. I'll put it together for you. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, and it, it is, it's a nice little value added for people who who want to figure out. And then with as well to kind of jump back to the handgun, world's getting a little weird right now, you know, and, and things aren't as safe. The cities aren't as safe. So maybe somebody's thinking about, I need to knock the cobwebs off this handgun because I got to carry it again, you know, because yeah. my town's not what it used to be. Yeah, that's, so it, I start off, regardless of the class type every class the same way and one of those questions i ask is you know what is your reason for training man i i haven't taken actual numbers but i would venture to guess like 90 95 of it is like well defense even when it comes to long gun stuff defense home defense and i was probably 100 percent across the board when it comes to pistol um but the fact of the matter is people have they have firearms that they don't know how to use that they're not using that you're not getting time on. And when you go, if you have a situation happen and you're not confident in your firearm, when that's happening, you're going to be even more scared. And that sucks being scared. I mean, sure. We all felt it. It really sucks. So getting time on a firearm and being able to deduce and analyze how you and that gun are working together and then being able to, and this this is how I build my curriculum out, which you guys will get for the pistol portion, is everything I give you will be so that you can take that and do it on your own and apply it to yourself, and you can make yourself better and better and better. So you can become your own coach. You can become your own instructor. Um, it's a terrible business model because I'm trying to get you not to come back so you can do it all yourself. But I think to be a self-sufficient shooter, you have to be able to analyze yourself. Yeah, it's a confidence and, model, man. You, you, you're you're going to walk away with confidence in what you have. And it's not a whiz-bang, you know, like I said, we're not John Wick in it, but it's going to be practical, straightforward, and confidence. Yeah. And especially the combo of, I can't tell you if I've ever done a pistol and long gun course. I don't think I have. So having those two together, we'll, it'll, that'll be new to me do, too. Like obviously not carrying them and doing stuff with them. I do that all the time, whether it be videos or whatever stuff I'm doing. But as for doing a course that's doing both of those, I think it's going to be a unique perspective to get the juxtaposition of, oh, this pistol, I learned that. Now we're doing this long gun. But how is it I'm doing pistol stuff in long gun and it's working? Like 
I think it'll bridge the gap for a lot of people and especially I'm looking forward to the uh, the media we put out after it of the course. Yeah, it'll be fun. Really show people that. It'll yeah. be fun. I, I think it's going to be a good time. Like I said, I have so much space out there. I want to incorporate some movement like I used to and just make it. I think it'll be a good time for everybody. Yeah, good. I'll be bringing out my trigger cam. By then, I might have two, yeah. um, and I'll uh, I'll have my drone out there with me too. So, um, whether we need help spotting or just to get different angles of things to get people a view from the top down, a really good top down view of everyone's position, so they can immediately see that, like, oh, that is what I'm doing. That's how that bad position feels versus this good position, um, and we give that to them. I like the. Uh, apparently I'm techie. That's what my friends tell me now. Um, but I like to use a lot of that in there. So yeah, we got the tools, man. We'll, we'll play with it. it. It it'll be really good. All right, cool. Uh, what else you got going on, John, between now and uh, June, do you got anything you want to tell anybody or are you just work in your normal work gig? Oh man. Uh, I'm out on the East coast now. I'm not in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, a lot of, a lot of reasons for that. I do miss the forest up there in the mountains. Um, this year, 2023, some things I'm working on. Well, shit, I haven't even put it out there yet, but I would say I'm working on doing uh, dealer programs with other companies so I can start selling more stuff on my site. So, like, if you guys are coming out to a class and you need this or that, you can get it all right there. Um, I'm also working on, well, doing what we're doing right now, setting up a podcast to uh, launch for my channel as well. Um so that I, and the thing behind it will be like you need an overarching thing. This is going to be personal growth, right? But personal growth could be anything. It could be videography. It could be uh, emotional intelligence. It could be shooting. Um, I want to have an outlet that I can explore a lot of other facets of life. And that'll be one way I do that with, uh, you know, interviews and talking with people like this. Um, Cause a lot of the, the things that have unlocked more understanding in a shooting for me had nothing to do with firearms. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how that works. And yeah. Right. It's uh, it's holistic that way. Um, I do have a couple products coming up in 2023 that I'm trying to get released. Um, they've been designed and it just comes down to financing behind it. Starting life over out on the East coast is a little difficult. So, um, and then another one I'm trying to do is, uh, I am trying to get started on a documentary series that I have written up. Um, hardest thing for that is finding uh, financing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go fund yeah. me, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's that's the most difficult thing. Documentaries aren't known for making money, and that's not what I care about. I actually came up with the idea one day because I was like, I want to watch this, and I was like, Oh, there isn't that. And I thought, Why don't I make that? There you go. So that's gonna be. One goal I try to do for 2023. Nice, nice. Yeah, we're like I said, we're just getting ready to jump into it. I got Paula in February shot show next week. Um, mm. I'm gonna be at shot for yeah. a couple days, and uh, then the, the like I said, the new live streaming stuff going. So I've been I've been doing all kinds of computer stuff for the last couple days, and um, oh, it's yeah. just been nuts. I built our page for this class, so it's done. I'm gonna include this podcast in the page. It'll be live tomorrow. Uh, which you're listening to the podcast, it'll be live the day you're listening to it. So um, it'll be live when you hear this. And so everything's ready to go and, and the pages are built and, and get that. And then the, I, I, I'm, like I said, up, I was doing training today with the computer, with the uh, site 
because the new software's dropping and all kinds of crazy stuff happening. Oh, yeah. Year. Yeah, that's uh, we need to make sure we link up a shot. I'll be there for a week. And that's actually something else. I'll probably get murdered by my partner. But uh, we're working on something in the southeast region of the United States as far as training that uh, is it, looking to be pretty big. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for that. Hopefully that can get launched in 2023. But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Videos, photo stuff. I've been doing a lot of that on my own too. Um, so everything you've seen in the last six months has been all my, all just me behind the camera instead of in front of it. But yeah. and my YouTube channel, I'm aiming to get back up and running again in early May. So there you go. Yeah, weapon snatcher, man. So we're gonna be at Sniper's Hide. It'd be Fort Morgan, June 23rd to the 25th. It'll be uh, precision analytics with handgun and rifle. And I think we're going to have a good time with it. So come on out and join us. Uh, Three-day class, 1000 bucks. It's 15 minutes to the, or 15. It's an hour and 15 minutes to the airport from the range, give or take a minute. And then the hotels are right there, 15 minutes from the range uh, in Fort Morgan. Everything's available. We got lots of new hotels. and um, Yeah, one of those hotels gives a discount, right? Yeah, the Hampton will give you a discount if you want it. You tell them you're with the shooters, and they usually give you like you know 10% or something. Uh, but there's the Hampton, there's the Fairfield, people will go down to Best Western, um, there's a Super 8, there's a whole bunch of them right there, and they're all fairly new and nice, and it's straight shot 15 minutes to the range in the morning, so you get up, roll out, come right out to the range, and food and everything in Fort Morgan right there, so piece of cake. Yeah. Cool, man. Get yourself a piece of cake. Yeah, no, yeah. I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, like I said, all put together, guys. Uh, if, if you're interested, hit me up on the hide. You'll see it there, and then the sign-ups will be all ready to go. And and we're, we're, we're launching it. We're ready for 2023 and first one of the year. And thanks for coming on, John. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Uh, stay on the line, and I'll talk to you guys on the – or I'll talk to you on the – I'll talk to you other guys later. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper Podcast. Talk to you soon.